0: Hey everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders.
1: Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased that you're with us for part two of this exciting two-part series. It's all about website creation for authors this discussion is designed especially with our listeners in mind. Get ready for this exciting episode full of information, laughter, and new ideas for authors. We want to encourage your writing success. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my (laughs) fabulous co-host, Cheryl (laughs) (laughs) McNeil-Fisher!
0: Oh, Kathy, it's so great to be with you always. And I have a fabulous co-host, too.
1: This is really exciting because we want to make sure that people have listened to episode 44, Cheryl, to get the first five steps for website creation. Now we're moving to the advanced part, and we're going to demystify this and explain it for them.
0: That's great. It's so exciting that we're presenting this topic to our listeners and authors. You know, Cheryl,
1: the technology now allows people who have previously not had access to website design, they can do it on their own. Specifically, our community, people who are visually impaired can design and maintain their own websites. But what we're doing in these episodes, people with sight and without sight, are all within the circle of what we're talking about. It applies to everybody. And we're gonna be particularly focusing on accessibility today. And you and I know how important that is for people all across the world. As I mentioned in part one, while I've had many different experiences with different platforms over the years, my go-to place now for the last at least 10 years has been WordPress and especially for our community. And that's what we'll be discussing primarily today is particularly WordPress.
0: Kathy, in episode 44, we discussed steps one through five in website planning and designing. So let's dig into step six, which you say is beginning the website structure.
1: Yes, exactly. Step six, my fundamental approach to building websites is to work in stages. I do this in many things in my life. Whenever I take out a big project, I try to break it down into stages because it's so much more manageable, Cheryl. So first you build the bare bones, the skeletal frame of your website. Then you go on to the next level and maybe you start adding some major functions, major features, and then maybe some major images And then you flesh out the details. Do you kind of get the image of what I'm talking about here? Yes. It's really important because if you try to tackle the whole thing at once, you get lost in it. So you prioritize, you think about the very basics first. And I like to get those in place the way we want them. And then to fill in more details around the basic structure.
0: And I've seen you do that, so what's the advantage?
1: It allows you to keep a clean view of the site while you're working. You don't want to start cluttering the site, and it's very easy to end up with a cluttered site. We've all seen them, and a lot of people's first websites end up very cluttered, and you have to go back in and pull out stuff, and it's a mess. So if you go from the most critical information first, you lay that down, and then you gradually progress adding more systematically, you'll be sure to have the most critical information included and prominent. Remember we talked about that window of opportunity. We only have about 20 to 30 seconds to get people's attention. We don't want to distract them with all sorts of clutter. When it starts to look cluttered, you can start to reshape your design and move things to submenus or other areas of the site. You might end up backing up and removing some information and putting it in the lower layers, branches that go off from the main area, different areas. We can use all different aspects of the site to take people to different sections. Everything doesn't need to be right up front and in your immediate view. What's really important is that the main message and the design have to be clear and concise. I know I've said that a few times, but it's really important. And the best way to make that happen is also to have easy navigation over and over. That is listed as one of the first major principles of website design, easy navigation. When you go to a website, think about yourself as a user. How do I get to the next place? How do I find what I want. Where is information? A prominent menu, either at the top, right below the main images, down the side, wherever seems to be working for you, whatever seems to appeal to you and your users, that is what you need to have. And that navigation needs to be consistent. While it's great to have innovation, you don't want to confuse people. So what are some simple examples of website conventions with menus? I'm going to quiz you. You can handle it. I know you can. Where is the about button usually on a menu? When you go to a website, if the menu's across the top, which side is the about button on? Top left. Exactly. Score! Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> she got it. All right. What about the contact us button? Far right. Far um... Bing, 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 bing. She got it. Right. So those are the conventions. Those are the standards. Those are our expectations that have built up with the web, if you shuffle those things around, you end up with confused visitors. And
0: confused visitors, what do you think they do? Boom, they're gone. I I have stopped shopping. There are certain places I've stopped shopping at because of their website. It's not accessible, cluttered, and it's not easy to navigate. They lost my business because of it. So yeah, very important. There, There you go. And so
1: frustrated visitors, confused visitors, bail. They leave. They're like, I don't have time for this. You probably already know this because you use websites, but you haven't thought about it. Think about what are the major things that should be there. Look at author websites. What are they putting in that menu? They usually only have about five, six different buttons up in that menu. And talk to your friends. Let them take a look at what you're planning. Put them up there. And have them go look at it for you. That's called a focus group. Have your friends look at it. And then, if you have some people that are on a mailing list that they like your books, they're great to look at your next level of your website when you get it a little bit more advanced. The great thing is, it is so easy to change the positions of those buttons in the menu. You can move them. So, what's one, two, three, four? You can shuffle the order across or down, whichever place you have them. They're not cemented in stone. You're master of the universe. You can put them in whatever order you want that works for you and your website visitors. So try them, test them, find what works, and what are the best titles for them. And you tweak this over time. Don't get hung up in any of these steps. It's a work in progress. It's fun. It can all be changed. You can tweak and tweak and tweak. And I think that relieves a lot of anxiety for people because they get stuck at the, oh, I'm going to make a wrong choice. That's not the case at all.
0: And we want to make sure we use some more jargon. This would be called the skeletal structure. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's part of the skeletal structure What I'm talking about is you're going to go through these particular steps to build your skeletal structure. First, you have your hosting people, the hosting company, install WordPress. If it's not simple for you to find how to do that, just call them. They'll install it one click. It'll be up and running within about 10 minutes for you. They'll send you an email with the login information. Now you get to choose a theme and that theme is like a new set of clothes, a new wardrobe. Here you have the person. That's going to be the website. That's WordPress, the person. But you can put all sorts of wardrobes on it. I can put a Spanish wardrobe, a Chinese wardrobe, a summer wardrobe. But winter. you get the idea? Those are mm-hmm. the themes. You can change the themes, but the WordPress doesn't change. The bare bones inside, right? Your platform doesn't change. So the themes. And this choice is really important. Based on my research in recent years and talking to our community, I have a go-to theme for those people who are visually impaired and it is generate press. And the reason this is important is that if you're low vision or blind and you're using a screen reader even sometimes or entirely, generate press allows you to build your website, using your screen reader very easily. It's very compatible. Also for the user, the visitor creates a website that is very screen reader compatible. It is the go-to wardrobe theme to use for WordPress. Other themes will work. But you might run into areas when you're building your website that your screen reader might not work. And that will be exceedingly frustrating. So, Generate Press at this point is the most compatible for screen readers based on my research and my experience. There are thousands of themes out there. If visual impairment is not an issue for you, we'll be talking about ways to make your site accessible for people who are visually impaired, for the visitors. So you have thousands of different themes that you can look at and choose from. They have different features in them. So you go in to the appearance button and theme. This is in the menu in WordPress, appearance, themes, and you start searching by characteristics to pick what kind of theme you want to try. The cool thing is, Cheryl, this blew my mind when I found this in WordPress. It used to be we built websites, and that's what you had. If you wanted to change the look of it, you had to go in and do a lot of work to change the look on every single page. With the themes, you go in, pick a different theme, click apply, and the whole view of the website changes. So the font style changes, the colors change, the layout changes according to that theme by just a click of the button. Your content stays the same, right? But the clothes change, as it were, the window dressing. Mm -hmm. For our purposes, generate press. It's not that all our websites are going to look the same. By no means, because you can customize these themes tremendously. And that's part of what we're going to talk about is the customization that lies at your feet and the possibilities ahead of you with it. And we'll put these links in the show notes and on our website. We'll have a dedicated page under resources called Website Creation for Authors.
0: So we go from that skeletal structure. Now, mm-hmm. what do we do? How do we begin the design process? Can you walk us through that? Sure. Third, in WordPress,
1: go to Appearance, and you go to Site Identity. And this is where you put in the name and the subtitle of your site. This will be up in the header. And this can be customized and adjusted later on. We're just doing the basic work right now. You also choose, you know, Cheryl, when you look at a website, they'll have sidebars, like a column to the left or the right or both of the main page. That's called a sidebar. You can choose if you want to have a sidebar on the left, on both sides, or just on the right. You click a button to be able to select that. You can change it on different pages, but we're going to start with a default design that every page will have the same layout. So we're building our skeleton. Fourth, you go to the pages area of your site and you create three or four main pages. So where would I start? About? Maybe two sentences about yourself. Or if you have a bio, drop that in. doesn't have to be your final work by any means, but it's something to fill the space for you. Then Maybe the contact us page. Say, feel free to contact me for further information. And for now, just put in your email address.
0: And that can be the info at CherylMcNeilFisher.com or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. Later
0: on, we'll talk about different possibilities
1: for doing that. But right now, keep it simple. We're creating a couple of pages. And all you do to create a page is when you're in the dashboard of WordPress on the left-hand side, you scroll down to the button that says Pages, and you click Add New, and you see a screen that looks a lot like Word or Pages in Apple. Looks a lot like it, doesn't it? Yeah. It has all those same icons in there. You put yes. in the title of the page, and you write your copy and paste or write in your content, and you click Publish. That makes it live on your website. Publish. So then maybe a third page is a list of your books or the title of your book, or your upcoming book. So put books, and then put those titles in there and publish that. So now you've got three things that are going to be your content, three different pages, just real simple, down and dirty, nothing that's going to be final, but something for you to start work with. It's building a skeleton here. And then I would go from there. This gives us the opportunity to go over to menus. We go to the same dashboard button. On the left side, you go to appearance, click menu. Appearance is anything with the layout, kind of like layout appearance menu. And then you click those three different items that you just made, those three pages, and you say, add to menu. And they're gonna add them to the menu and you can put them in the order that you want. And then you click save. And now that menu shows up. In the advanced settings on that page, you can tell it where you want to put the menu if you want it at the top or on the side or wherever you want to have it so now you're building a couple of pages you've got a menu you can also go back in and under settings go to read that's down at the bottom of that dashboard on your left hand side settings reading and set your front page and you're going to click about the about page you want that to be your front page So that when people come to your website and they click the name of your URL, that's the page they're going to see first. And right now we're going to make it the about page. We can always change it. The next step is if you want to do blogging, WordPress is set up really well for that. And you set up your blog page. You can add that to your menu the same way we were talking about. And in blogging, you create new information for a blog by creating posts this is the distinction between pages and posts in WordPress. It's a fundamental concept. Pages are kind of static information that continue to live permanently, that you rely on those pages to convey certain information to your visitors, whereas posts tend to be things that are time sensitive, changing frequently. For example, if you're doing a newsletter Those would be your posts. So there'd be maybe a new one every month or every week, or some people do it every day. That would be a post versus a page. Writing Works Wonders, we use a special plugin to hook together so that our new podcasts actually come in as a post into our website. And so those get added to our website as a post. So that's a distinction. Pages are more part of the permanent structure of the site, whereas a post is information that continues to get updated. Now, we get into the real fun. And I bet you know what I'm talking about, Cheryl. What does Kathy love? She loves plugins. (laughs) She loves plugins. And I'm not talking about air fresheners either, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) This is a different world. Mm -hmm. These are like add-ons, like mini apps. You know, you get your basic cell phone. And what do you need to do to be able to listen to music, play games, or do FaceTime? You have to download the app. To do all these advanced functions and features of your website, you pick a plugin. And we have thousands, again, I'm sorry to say it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not, thousands of free plugins available to WordPress users. We will provide a list, again, on the website creation page at Wonders of the plugins that I recommend I've been building for the past two years, I've been building websites for people who are visually impaired, both users and visitors. And these are the plugins that we're finding to be essential. I'll just mention a couple of examples. One is a statistical plugin, WP Stats. Another one is Rank Math, that's another Stats one. Why would you want a Stats plugin? That gathers information about how many people are visiting your site and what pages they're looking at and how long they're staying. That's telling you whether what you've built is working or not. Where they are coming from, from around the world? That is free. You go to the plugin button in your dashboard, you put up in the search bar, WP stats, you click it and it installs it and you click activate. Boom, it's up and running, that's it. You've all of a sudden added on this whole extra feature into your WordPress website. We've got one of my favorites, and you know this Cheryl, is the Broken Link Checker. It's actually called Link Checker. And this little rascal runs all day and night. Do it the same way, go to the plugin, add new, put in Link Checker, install, activate. And he works day and night for us at Writing Works Wonders, checking every link on that website. And if it finds one that's not working, that little rascal, 24 hours a day, doesn't matter if it's three in the morning, sends me an email telling me mm-hmm. that this link is broken and where to find it. It's awesome. How did we ever chase them down in the past? Somebody had to tell us, hey, Kathy, that link's not working on your website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another great advanced uh, security feature called Word Fence that I've just come upon. This is a fabulous one. There are so many automated functions forms, WP Forms I like a lot, also Ninja Forms. You can use that for your contact page. And what it does is in addition, so people fill out their name, their email and their comment and it sends it to you, but it also keeps a database inside WordPress for you of the information so that you can build a mailing list. Last one I'll mention that's really important. Well, two more, up draft Backup. And this is particularly for WordPress. You download and install that and you can set it up so it automatically backs up your WordPress website. And I have it linked to my Google account. So it Mm -hmm. backs it up to Google Drive. And it does it, I think every day, it does a backup for me. So if anything happens to the site, then I can reinstall it right from there. Oh, that's great.
0: Yes, very, very important. Because you can accidentally delete your yes. site, whether you're cited or not. Yes, fabulous or, fabulous delete,
1: fabulous. or delete several pages of it, you know. Yes, and right. there's built yeah.
0: into WordPress's p- places that
1: you can, like if you're working on a page, some of my pages, you know, I've worked on for years, I can see the last 15 edits I did down at the bottom. Mm. And I can say, go back three weeks ago and change this page to what it was three weeks ago get rid of all the work I did in the last three weeks because something got screwed up during that time. Mm -hmm. And it's right down at the bottom of the screen below where you work on when you're editing your page or your post. And it's built in, it's right there that you can kind of hit undo, undo, undo. It's built right in and it can go back days for you. Excellent. But the other one, and this is actually the first plugin I always install is the accessibility tool. And this is because We want to set up our websites so that our users who might have visual impairment can customize their view of our website to whatever they need it to be. And this little gem is amazing. It installs an icon and you can place it on your screen to the left or the right, wherever you want to have it. Then you set the menu. You can just use it as the default menu, the way they have it set up. And if you go look at writingworkswonders.com, you'll see it. It's fabulous. It has buttons in it that change the size of the text on the screen, flip the contrast. And you know how a lot of websites nowadays, they don't underline the links. You can turn on underlined links. It has a whole bunch of features in there. And that's the One Click Accessibility Plugin. And again, it's free open to donations, one-click accessibility. I can't speak highly enough of that. The other one regarding accessibility is accessibility tools and alt text finder. I told you about this one, Cheryl. It lets me go in and give me a different view of all the images in my website so that I get a list of them and I can click a button and say, show me any of the images that don't have alt text and it brings them right up to me. What's alt text, Cheryl? I know you know this one. I'm going to bounce it over to you.
0: What's alt Alternative. Alternative text that will describe the image. Sometimes people put an image up and it's got writing on it and they don't mm-hmm. realize some of the screen readers may pick it up But a lot of them don't. If the alt text is in there that just says exactly what's in that image, when the screen reader goes over top of it, it's going to read those words. Otherwise, people are just going to hear image.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you're supposed
0: to, for good practice,
1: ADA guidelines, we're supposed to put in alt text, the alternate description text into all our images. It's just a little tag. This little plug-in makes it so easy to find if we forgot to put it in on one of our images. And I also explain the image. I give a like audio description of the image so that people who are using a screen reader get the benefit of what the image is if it has relevance. Zoom recording, it'll say image has a yellow background, says Zoom, and it has a picture of a camera on it. Something like that, so that they right. can benefit from them. What the image is, instead of just image. Why leave us out of the world of what's being conveyed on that screen?
0: Yeah, and I'd like to comment on that. If you if you do not use alt text, and especially if you're targeting the visually impaired blind community, if they're on your site. And there are images that they cannot recognize you're going to lose visitors because it's too frustrating because people want to know what's on their screen. And if they keep hearing this nonsense, and rather than it explaining it, you might lose visitors. Thank
1: you. That's very important for the people to know. Yeah. And especially if it's important information, like it's a button and trying to Mm -hmm. say, click here to submit. Well, how am I supposed to know to submit if the button... It says submit right. on it, but the, there's no <laughs> alt text to tell me to click it, for God's sakes, you know? Right. My goodness. Yeah. So it's really important. The final step, I would say, for our skeletal structure in WordPress is if you're using a sidebar, go over to Appearance, go down to Widgets, and then click on the sidebar. It'll, it'll say Left Sidebar, Right Sidebar, Footer. Click on the sidebar you want and put in a widget or two. Now, what's a widget? <laughs> in everyday language, a widget is a gadget. These are things that will work for you. They'll make things happen. They range all the way from, you can put an image in there. You can put a link in there. Those are real simple things. But exciting, Cheryl, this is so cool. You could add a widget that will show the latest posts you put on Facebook or on Twitter. And it mm-hmm. will scroll. So the latest post is always shown there or the latest two posts, or whatever. A widget I really like is a social media widget. I like to have over in the sidebar the buttons for the different social media. So like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and a mail button. And you can put those right in that sidebar. We don't download those images and all this stuff to create those. That's just a widget. You click on it, and you fill in your personal information for your accounts. And it creates it and posts it there for you.
0: So that's not for people to share it on their Facebook page, but it's for people to go to Facebook, Twitter, to follow us, who has the website. right?
1: Very good point. There's two different things. And so usually at the top of that widget, it gives you an opportunity to write something. And probably by default, it says, follow us on social media you can customize that, or you can leave just that phrase there. You could say, follow Writing Works Wonders on social media. There's another plugin that you can use. And a lot of times I'll put this in the footer. There's a way to add it at the bottom of every page or post. And it actually is share this with a friend or share this content online, something like that. And that's where it just has the Facebook, the Twitter, the email and that is the button that you send it and you share it to your account so that people can see what you're looking at that's exactly what you were just describing one right. is to share the content that you've been viewing and the other is to follow the person's site that you're looking at two different things but we're again we're integrating our efforts for marketing and our media presence our web our online presence we're integrating them so that our social media efforts and our website efforts and our authoring and book publication efforts are consistent and they're tied together feeding each other we want them to mm-hmm. all build and cascade together so that they can integrate and create a greater impact for us this is a skeleton again all these things can be tweaked, adjusted, deleted, changed. So look at what other people are doing on their sites. Now you'll know the secrets. What's going on behind the curtain with the website wizard. They're using plugins, they're using widgets. Which ones are they using? What sort of features? Oh, I like that. That's really helpful. I like they have a calendar. I like they have social media. One of the ones we have in our sidebar is that it shows the most recent episodes of the podcast. You can click them and play them right there. Pick out what you like that people have. Final step, continue to fill in the content gradually. Like you're icing a cake. You don't pour the whole bowl of icing on top of the cake. You put a little at a time and you spread it out. See how it looks. Put a little more, spread it. Oh, that's too much. Take a little off, spread out what's left. Looks right. Hold on, hold on, you know?
0: hold on, Kathy. There is never <laughs> going
1: to get ya. never too much icing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I walked now right that I've made it. that clear, carry on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've mentioned about accessibility and ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. This has been enacted in a specific way for the web, and what it is is WCAG standards. What is WCAG? It's Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. You can find them at w3.org. The things that we've talked about, including in our websites, the plugins, the alt tags, etc., these are abiding by the WCAG standards. So you can read more about that. This is actually something that people expect There's also recommendation that we have statements about our accessibility access and that if people have issues with accessibility, how they contact us. If you go to that website, you can click a button and it will walk you through creating a statement, simple or complex, that you can post on your website regarding how you have followed the guidelines, done your best to incorporate them. If people are having difficulty, how can they contact you, et cetera. All of that information is available, but I wanted to mention that because it's a real important part as you become familiar with developing websites and as part of the community of people who have visual impairments or people who are interested in our community, we become familiar with these guidelines, even know that they're there that we have something to refer to when we're having difficulty with websites that are not helpful, are not accessible to us, we can send them to w3.org. That's my little pitch on that topic. Yes, w3.org. And we'll put that in the show notes and on our website regarding this as well.
0: What comes to mind is some type of a disclaimer or information that we're doing our best to follow those guidelines so that people understand that if there are spots on our site that are not accessible it's not because we're not doing it it's something that was missed and to please contact us so that's important yes yes and it's an education tool too it's right an opportunity yeah, to educate absolutely. the public it's amazing how many people do not know about this. They just yes. they don't know. You've talked a lot about feedback and mm-hmm. improvements and that we're never done. What do you mean we're never done? We're, there's, we're never done? <laughs> Technology continues to change.
1: And you know that if you visit a website and you haven't been there in a couple of months or weeks, and you go back and there's nothing new, you're kind of disappointed. Mm -hmm. So now you're the creator of the website. You're the maintainer. You are the master of the universe. You've got to continue to provide some sort of content. It doesn't have to be a huge amount of content, It can be that simple blog post, can be a paragraph or two, once a month, just an update. What's happening? What's happening with your latest book? Which book are you thinking about? Which book is on its way, et cetera? What's happening with your characters, et cetera? So you could do those sort of things. Also continue to get feedback from people who are visiting your site. So you might put out a feedback form on your site because not everybody will provide feedback. We know that, Cheryl, our contact us page, even though we have all different options for people to contact us, even when we had one option to contact us, people just don't use it. You need to reach out, gather a focus group. And this is where I mentioned earlier, maybe get together. Some people that you know are reading your books, maybe at a reading of one of your pieces, ask people to visit your site and actually hand them a paper form to give you feedback because they get to hand it back to you. It's very old school, but it's a way to get a return, to get feedback directly on your content. Continue to get feedback and tweak that site. What are they looking for? What obstacles are they running into? What do they like? What do they want more of? What would they hope to find? All sorts of great questions you can ask. And you might have buried in your site, not up in the menu, sample pages that you can send people to and kind of pilot those and say I'm thinking about using this as my front page instead what do you think and send it out to a few trusted advisors, friends of yours that are in the field of authoring or marketing or different areas and get their feedback And then me and research I love numbers Cheryl and I think you're mm-hmm. getting converted in that area too. you're getting oh, to yeah. love numbers even more. See what your numbers are like, use that WP stats and see how many people are hitting which pages, where are they coming from? Are they coming through search engines? Do you need to look at search engine optimization? That's SEO. And you can actually get plugins to help you with that aspect, and some of them are very simple. Search engine optimization. They will help you push your site up into the listings when people do a search for maybe romance books or mystery books. Your work, your site will move up in the listings and not be buried on page 10. But one of the ways to get your site to move up in those search engine listings is to continue to add content. Update your content. Refresh Mm -hmm. content. You don't have to add 10 more pages or 20 more pages. You don't have to keep building a gigantic thing that people can't navigate. Refresh it, tweak Mm -hmm. it, use new language. Think about what else is happening. Look at the plugins, continue to look at other websites and see what they're doing. What are they bringing in as innovation's Would that work for you? Does that meet your market need? This is continuing to do market research and continuing to do data-driven decision-making. So you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at how many people are coming, staying, what pages they're visiting and making decisions based on that. We're not full-time website developers, we're authors. How can we continue to improve it once we have it in place to move it forward, keep it fresh, and draw people to what we're doing, learning about us and reading our books. That's our main message.
0: Right. And we do not get paid by WordPress for promoting them. No, not at all. I want to say that when we're talking about adding content, this is the problem with, I had a site made on Wix, W-I-X.com. And if I'm using a PC, I can make some changes. But on a mobile device, and I use my iPad a lot, I cannot update that site. I cannot make changes. I am so limited. Where with WordPress, it's much more accessible. Also, I'd like to mention that when you're creating your site, you're going to want to go right to the website, correct?
1: Yeah, you're going to want to use a browser to access your WordPress site. (laughs) Use a browser to access your site versus the app. It's, it's much more robust. It has more of the features and it's probably going to cause less difficulty with your screen reader. And all of this is to support, encourage, and help other authors and be successful.
0: Right. For myself, I find that I can work through WordPress so much easier. And there, we know personally many people who have tried other platforms. And that's why we're recommending WordPress because the majority have landed on WordPress after they may have tried other platforms. They're now on WordPress, whether it's the free or paid version.
1: We know several people who are totally blind who maintain their own websites on WordPress. Let us say that as well. Yes. We're both low vision, but we do know several people that are totally blind that maintain their own We know, I know several designers, developers that are totally blind and they use WordPress to build sites. It's a very simple interface. It's very straightforward. I've gone through great detail in navigating the dashboard in WordPress today. I ran through a lot of detail. Please don't be overwhelmed. I assembled this in order to give you a quick run through of what gets done. Pause, do what you need to do, go to the next step. And this will guide you through the steps of what you need to do. We are available to answer questions on this. And in addition, Cheryl and I are working on a small little book about websites for authors that will be coming out shortly through Writing Works Wonders. And that will be a companion book to go with these podcast episodes. But please don't be overwhelmed. This is straightforward. And the biggest benefit of WordPress to me, the two biggest, one, ease of use, non-technical. Second is accessibility. And I think those are really critically important for our community because most of our authors are not techies.
0: That's not what they are,
1: they're authors.
0: And we could go on and on and on. And I think eventually we'll revisit this after we get more feedback. What else people want to learn, what they want to hear from us. But let's close up today, Kathy, and say thank you. And thank you to you for all of your expertise, experience, and inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so much for today. And thank you listeners for being here with us and for listening in. Please share this with others. And we look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button to says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to the technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing.